Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and with me in the studio is former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, now chairman of our Republican Party, Steve Pierce. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. We uh, were able to celebrate Thanksgiving with family and friends. It was a wonderful time. I'm back and ready to go to work. And then we got that crazy freezing snow here in the north part. We didn't get any snow down in Hobbs, but uh, flying in this morning, saw snow everywhere. So we have a lot to talk about today. Man, so many things going on. It seems to happen by the minute now. This week, after we have recorded this program, but this week we will have had some more impeachment hearings. Yeah, that's uh, the Judiciary Committee now is going to take up the whole issue. I know the chairman of the committee, Jerry Nadler, I know him pretty well, pretty partisan guy. When he says they're going to have fair hearings and let Trump give his side, it's only if Trump follows his rules, which means Trump will not be able to give his side. And so they can point and say Trump decided not to be a part of it. The truth is the scales are rigged before it even gets there. So the Democrats, I think, are working themselves into a corner. So they're going to have this set of hearings this week. Supposedly nothing coming up about new facts, new allegations, new testimony. It's instead going to be the constitutional basis for impeachment, which again is just trying to burn up clock time. The Democrats are saying that they're going to have a vote by Christmas in the full House. So it's got to go through all the committees first, get a recommendation to go to the full House when it gets with the full House. Now then, we know how people believe on it. So even if there is a Senate trial, number one, it's not going to come up till January. But right now, there's not enough votes in the Senate to convict. The Democrats would have to have something like 15 or 16 of the Republican senators come across with them. There aren't that many people willing to convict Trump of high crimes and misdemeanors. And of course, that's the standard in the Constitution for impeachment. The problem for the Democrats is that basically they have put all of their eggs in this basket. They're not working on jobs. They're not working on USMCA, that big trade agreement that Trump has worked out with Mexico and Canada. And Mexico and Canada, by the way, are the big ones supporting that. It means it's a win for all three nations. It would replace NAFTA much to New Mexico's benefit. And still the Democrats refuse to take that up because they're wasting the time on this impeachment. What it comes down to is that basically the Democrats do not think they can beat Trump in an election in 2020, so they're kind of manufacturing this idea of impeachment. They began even before Trump was sworn into office. Now, Charlie Kirk this week questioned the impeachment timeline. He says that the Democrats had the date for these hearings circled on the calendar months ago, so this idea that they have a fair and impartial hearing Now, this is a part of the process. They've done poll testing. They've done focus groups. And they believe that if they can distract the public from what Trump has done, that they're going to be successful in taking him out of office. Now, myself, I don't think the voting population is going to forget what Trump has done. The economy is strong. Unemployment is at the lowest in decades. It's the lowest for different uh, minority groups, uh, Hispanics, Blacks, Native Americans. You're seeing more minority businesses start up. The entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well in our minority population in the country. So job creation has been tremendous. The pay is going up for your workers at the bottom end of the pay scale. Wall Street is at an all-time high. Trump has killed the ISIS leader. Our borders are secure and becoming more secure every day. And that's the reason that people are going to vote, even in New Mexico, to elect Trump. Because they see what he's done and they see what the Democrats haven't done. The president of Ukraine has said 
There was no quid pro quo. He said, we got our arms. Shouldn't that be the end of this? That should be the end of it. That's your best witness right there. That should be the end of it. And keep in mind that Obama never gave them weapons to defend themselves. He gave them blankets. He gave them flash blindness goggles to protect their eyes if a nuclear explosion went off. That's crazy when you have a country that is trying to stand up against the Russians. The polls show that most people are just tired of the whole mess. 53% of the independent voters say they oppose impeachment. Great articles out there if people want to take a look. Fox News has good articles. If you want to read more, just take a look at those websites. To the good economy that we're seeing, we're not just seeing people getting jobs. We're seeing people that after 2008 and the economy crashed that were working at menial jobs now being able to go back into their field. Okay? Yeah, they so and they so, took jobs to feed a family, right. but now then the high-paying jobs are coming back, and so you're seeing pay increase in dramatic ways across the country. But that opens up the starting positions for other people that don't have the skills, so that's, I think, why we're seeing so many people going to work. That's the reason the free market works, is that these circumstances kind of cure themselves. If you build the economy with high-paying jobs, then your entry-level jobs go wanting. People have to bump the pay up to entice people into it. More people in the workforce than I think ever before. So that's what people notice and the reason, again, that President Trump is going to win New Mexico. That's what's called free market capitalism. The market works. And same thing with health care. We talk about Elizabeth Warren wants to give everybody free health care that the government can't afford to pay for. But if you have a good job, you can choose your health care and what fits the best for you. I mean, it just goes on and on. As people start going back to work, they can make their own decisions. The government's not paying welfare. They're paying back into welfare now. Just Yeah, yeah. And Warren's support has eroded almost 50%. I think she was somewhere in the mid-20s. She's down to around 14% because the voters begin to say, wait, there are not enough rich people out there to pay for $52 trillion. Then also Elizabeth Warren ran into a buzzsaw. She was in Atlanta. She was supposedly going to get this show of support from black women for Warren. Instead, what happened is they showed up and said, you sent your kids to private schools. How come you don't let us have a choice? Why don't we have a choice in education in New Mexico? Why don't we have a choice in education in the whole U.S.? And so Elizabeth Warren is being embarrassed by her positions over and over again, but she's still a contender. That's the reason I tell people you got one choice. You're going to vote for a socialist or you're going to vote for Trump. You may not like him, but you got a choice, Trump or socialism. I think that choice is going to be clear, and I think New Mexicans are going to vote for Trump. And to that free market again in the schools, if I had a choice of where to send my kid, the schools would have to get better. If they wanted that money they get from the government, from the state. Yeah, but when they've got a monopoly like right now, you don't have a choice. Why improve your product when you don't have to? Competition always sharpens up both sides of the competition, so it needs to happen in education. I think that our unions have run the education system in New Mexico down into the ground, and it desperately needs some competition. That's what school choice will allow. Another candidate, Michael Bloomberg, of course, threw his hat in. I guess he wants to do for America what he did for New York. Yeah, yeah. He was such a success there. I'm going to tell you, he's bragging about taking away the guns in Virginia. They had many counties. He spent millions of dollars in Virginia to get his no-gun position passed there and votes in different places. I don't think America is going to go along with his take-your-gun philosophy. So I just think that anytime you run a candidate like that, the voters are not going to pay attention to him. They are going to fight him, as a matter of fact. And even if you don't own a gun, 
again, you may still decide you want to have a Pepsi, which apparently he's opposed to. Yeah, yeah, to. he's opposed to soft drinks and guns. A combination like that? Is he a serious candidate? I don't know. He says he's going to spend a billion dollars. I hope that the networks get a lot of money on those ads, but I don't think it's going to do what he thinks it will. If you look back to the Trump primary. Jeb Bush spent $105 million and Trump spent $5 million. And with $105 million, Bush only got 5% of the vote. I think that's what's going to happen to Bloomberg. I do not think he's ever going to get traction. I don't think he's going to get lap speed in this high-speed chase right now going on for the Democratic nomination. Crime in New Mexico is rampant. We all know it, and we're going to find out what's being done about it or not being done about it in our next segment on Inside New Mexico. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico, and I think wherever you live in New Mexico, you've probably experienced crime or know someone that has. The biggest city in New Mexico, of course, is Albuquerque, where crime is rampant, and we're going to talk about that now with Steve Pierce. Steve, it's just not getting any better. Not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse. My wife just came last night and expressed how concerned she was that crime in Hobbs is really skyrocketing. There are these neighborhood watch groups that target and and watch the statistics. And speaking of statistics, now that we're finding out that the crime rate that we've been given in the past actually is completely flawed, that it's much higher, Mayor Keller responds well that he doesn't have the money to check the data very closely. I'm sorry he gave everybody in his administration a big hefty salary raise. If you'd just taken a little bit of that, you could pay somebody 50 or 60,000 a year to track and make sure your statistics are right. But that seemed too complex for the mayor. And so they just live with this data that is much lower than is actually the truth. And then I don't want to harp on it, but the judges just decided last week that they're going to leave Fabian Gonzalez free. They are saying they're supporting the lower court that said, well, he's not a threat to society. It's one of the most vicious crimes in the history of New Mexico. And one of the three people arrested that were right there at the crime scene was turned loose because the crime didn't qualify as being vicious enough. So we're not going to improve crime in New Mexico till there are consequences for actions. And if we can't get rid of the judges that are making these decisions or get rid of the law, I don't care which, but I didn't see any effort by our Democrat governor or a Democrat-controlled legislature last time to change the supposed law or the, the constitutional change or whatever is needed. I didn't see any of that in the last session. So it is probably the biggest concern that we hear in the streets of New Mexico. What are you going to do about the crime? So if you're a criminal and you read the paper, you listen to the radio, watch TV, and you you see the news and and they let these guys go, I mean, how much more heinous do you have to do to cut a kid up in pieces? And that's not a risk to society. You're thinking, well, gee, I can pretty much do whatever I want. Yeah, I can do anything I want. They're going to let me go. You know, and Mayor Keller has been in office now almost two full years. And so he announces his Metro 15 operation. Basically, that's an attempt to arrest the top 15 violent offenders in the city. 
when one's caught, then they're going to put another one on the list. And uh, supposedly that all of the law enforcement agencies in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County are going to cooperate on it. And Mayor Keller said the program has been in the works for the past nine months. What takes nine months to make a list of 15 people? If you add one a day, that's only 15 days. If you add two a day, you can get it down to a week. And so this idea that it took nine months to create this list of 15 people that we want to target is simply preposterous. And so you again come up with the fact that Democrats do not want to hold criminals accountable for their actions, and Republicans do. It's one of the most significant differences between the two parties. The one is friendly to the criminals, that's the Democrats. The Republicans say, hey, why don't we be friendly to the victims? Why don't we worry about the families that are going to move out of state in order to feel safe so that their kids aren't at risk for drive-by shootings or whatever? It's always the poor people who suffer the most. And so when crime in New Mexico skyrockets the way that it is, then you just understand how bad it is. It's so bad that KOB had a news story this last week where thieves stole thousands of dollars of copper wire from an Albuquerque nonprofit. Life Roots CEO Kathleen Holmes Cates says, we're just providing services for people with disabilities. We don't have the money to offset the constant criminal activity. Now, these are nonpartisan people that work in these nonprofits. When they sustain a loss like that, you have to ask, what is it going to take for the mayor and for the governor to really get in and take on this crime issue? So that's something that we just continue to, to wrestle with. We in the Republican Party are going to call out the bankrupt judges. We're going to call out the ineffectiveness of the programs that are being suggested. We're going to call out the people who are contributing to this wave of crime and hopefully it starts improving because New Mexico will not improve until it does. There's a way to fix it, though. It's called voting. Yep. You vote. Vote the people out who refuse to hold the criminals accountable. Vote in people who will be tough on crime. Last week was Thanksgiving, and uh, we hope everybody enjoyed their turkey. But the president made a surprise visit. I guess he kept this one under wraps. Nobody knew. He made a trip to Afghanistan. Yeah, one of the fake news outlets, a lady got fired. She declared that he was playing golf in Florida and that he was just tweeting and playing golf. He instead was visiting with the troops. That's what I like about the president is that he will do unorthodox things. He will go into danger areas where people will say, hey, you got the Taliban operating over there. And he says, hey. If we want a ceasefire, maybe we ought to be talking to the Taliban. I really like the fact that he is contesting the State Department. Uh, the State Department is the one coming after him in the impeachment process because they don't like the fact that he will do these independent moves. They would prefer that we not talk to the Taliban, that we continue to have this conflict going on for whatever reason. I could never explain it when I was in Congress. I saw it repeatedly. But when President Trump goes over and says thanks to our troops, that's good. But when he begins to talk with the enemy about the ceasefire, that's even better. Okay, so we go from Turkey to uh, chicken now. Chick-fil-A has made a move that is upsetting a lot of their supporters. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate because Chick-fil-A really became a symbol of those willing to fight back against the political correctness. You remember that they were really harshly criticized and they weren't going to be allowed to go into Chicago. And even there, lines formed around that Chick-fil-A of people saying, hey, we will show up and give you moral support, visual support, financial support. And Chick-fil-A rode that wave 
a really outpouring of support from the American people, and especially the Christians in the American people. They rode that wave up, I think, to number three in the fast food market. And then they quit giving this last week. They announced they were no longer going to give to Christian organizations because it might offend people. They instead have been giving money to radical organizations across the country. And so I think that Chick-fil-A has made a major, major miscalculation. If you remember when Coke put out, what was it? New New Coke. Coke. New Coke. Yeah. The, the public reacted tremendously and damaged that corporation very significantly. I think that Chick-fil-A is going to find the same thing here. What they did is they hired somebody that was supposedly going to be a go-between with the radical left, and he had actually contributed to Hillary Clinton, and he was going to be the go-between. They put him in charge of their foundation, and now then, uh, two or three years after hiring that person, their giving package has been totally revamped and will concede to the far left to the expense of the right. I think the right is going to respond in anger that they didn't expect. But we'll see. We always appreciate good shows of integrity, the good shows of tenacity to stand in the face of withering fire. Chick-fil-A back down. I hope it never gets to the point where a business is going to have to put up a red flag or a blue flag so we can decide whether we want to shop there or not. Yeah, it already exists in much of New Mexico. You you get punished if you're a Republican. So I talk to a lot of business owners that I know are conservative, and they say, hey, you know, I, I'd be with you, but uh, you know my business. At some point, we got to decide if we're for freedom or for the pocketbook, liberty or prosperity and they don't necessarily go together you are listening to inside new mexico i'm derek underhill and i'm talking with steve pierce chairman of our republican party we'll be right back with more national guard and reserve members are true leaders both in the military and in the workplace they are highly skilled and get the job done every day employer support of the guard and reserve esgr can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. We are talking with Steve Pierce. And after years and years of nothing being done, President Trump is doing something about a problem not many people are aware of if you're outside the area. And that is what we call MMIW. Explain that to us. Yeah, MMIW is is missing and murdered indigenous women. And it is a huge problem on the reservations. They've had women going missing for a very long period of time. And it is the Native American women with an outcry that you've got to do something. So President Obama just kind of ignored it. There was a bill in Congress that was passed, but it had no funding on it. And so what President Trump did is said, okay, we'll do an executive order. We are not going to stand silently by while we continue to have these tragedies that manifest themselves on Indian reservations. And so he put out this order that we're going to create the task force, and he put $1.5 million out of his budget toward it. So that's real money when you're talking about a small task force. It gives them the ability to investigate, to work, to call attention of the law enforcement agencies. But it also allows the FBI to work with Native Americans. Many times you have jurisdictional problems. As the congressman from the 2nd District, we had multiple of the different Native American populations. The Navajos, Yakima, Laguna, Zuni, all of those other 
Pueblos that were there, and then you had the Mescaleros, and so uh, you had trouble with the jurisdictions coordinating with the federal law enforcement agencies and with the state police, with the sheriffs in a county. And so this really streamlines that whole process and is valuable. And so congratulations to President Trump for what he's doing. Yes, except that our representative in the first congressional district didn't like it. She said it didn't go far enough. Yet when her party held the House, the Senate, and the presidency, they did nothing. Yeah, and so Congresswoman Haland, uh, she again has, has really made a name for herself in being one of the most strident people who does the most radical among her party's talking points. And instead of saying to Trump, I appreciate this first step, work with me on the next step or another step. Instead, she comes out criticizing, saying he's attempting to ignore and cover up the wrongdoing of the U.S. government. There's no ignoring or covering up what is done. It's fully acknowledged. Uh, it's in the history books. It was not right. Well, this uh, is moving forward. This yeah, has this nothing is, to do with it. I know it has nothing to do, but she found a, a way to criticize the president on those grounds. And so you can imagine now if she were to have a bill that goes to him, he has to decide whether to sign it or not. These jabs in the eye don't don't make a president say, well, I believe I'm going to work with that representative and the other party to see what we can do. So the whole idea of bipartisanship understands that the more you say critical of your opponent today, tomorrow when you need to work with them, they're not going to be willing to work with you. It's one of the things that our representative republic was designed to do, and that is to put people into office who had to have support from the other party in order to get bills passed. And she shows no promise in that at all. The main thing is that Democrats are going to continue to obstruct the president, no matter what good he tries to do. That's because they think if they give him the win of the Mexico-Canada-U.S. trade agreement, that it's going to bolster his support among Hispanic communities. If the Native Americans actually acknowledged what he's doing here, he would gain support in the Native American community. And so what Hagan is doing is she's playing to a very radical element of our base. I think that Democrats are going to see through that. I think they're going to vote for a Republican in this coming election because they just want things to get done in Washington. The voters, that's one thing I heard from them. They appreciated that I would fight my own party as readily as I would fight the other party, that I would stand on grounds that were good for New Mexicans and uh, good for the district that I represented. So seeing this kind of responses in the public is really one that I think the public is very tired of. I think we'll see going forward more and more people will judge their representatives and their president by what he or she does rather than party. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that. And, and that always showed up in my elections. The second district of New Mexico was 35% Republican. It was 52% Hispanic. It was 60% minority overall. It was one of the poorest districts in the nation. And yet those people voted for me because I was fighting for them. They knew it. They knew that I was not progressing along in the leadership in, in Washington the way that others who came in with me were. But they understood that my greater goal was to fight for them. That's what people in New Mexico are looking for. We need voices in Congress that will work with the other party, will work to get things done. And I think that this is going to be one of the flaws that they see in Representative Hagan. Well, you should be very proud because you worked on this bill that uh, allowed us to sell oil again outside the United States for the first time since the 1970s. And now look what's happened. Yeah, for the first time, we have exported more oil in a day than we imported, and that's a huge deal. Ten years ago, nobody would have even thought this remotely possible. 
And again, so I've told us. goes to the deficit, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it goes to jobs. It goes to everything. Yeah. It goes to prosperity of Americans. When you're creating those jobs, instead of letting Venezuela take that oil production and sell theirs, and that's what had happened back in the 70s, the U.S. Congress passed a bill that made it illegal for U.S. companies to sell their oil produced here overseas. It was one of the most thoughtless things that was ever done. And so we corrected that about four or five years ago. Joe Barton and myself were the prime sponsors on that. No one thought that there was any chance that President Obama would sign it, but he ended up being urged by his party to sign it, and he ended up doing that. And today, New Mexico is benefiting because it is Lee and Eddy counties who are providing much of that oil for us to be shipping overseas. One of the big producers in New Mexico came to me about a year, year and a half ago. I was still in Congress, and he said, you know, he said, you're seeing a tremendous boom in southeast New Mexico. He said, I think that we're going to provide At that time, it was unknown, but he said, I think New Mexico is going to have a billion-dollar surplus from these two counties, and he said it would not be occurring if you had not passed that oil export bill. His comment was that the pipelines to the refineries were all full. They couldn't take more because they're at capacity that the only place to put that oil is to send it overseas, and the U.S. took back control of the oil market. We passed the law back in the 70s that just gave up and walked away and gave the exports to every other nation in the world, Venezuela. Saudi Arabia. Now then we have regained our dominance in that field and it means more jobs uh, in the U.S., but it also means more revenue into the tax coffers for New Mexico. If you think about something like World War II, had we not had the ability to drill and refine our own oil, that's one of the ways we won is by cutting off the oil to Japan. They yes, didn't Japan. Have yeah, the other the other nations, our opponents in that war, they could not have access to energy like we did. Energy is the key to jobs, to prosperity, to military hardware, security, energy sources, and oil is by far the most dominant and the most prevalent, the most affordable. And so it only makes sense. So when our governor says she's going to shut down oil and gas in New Mexico, listen closely because that means our prosperity is going to leave, but it'll also hurt the the U.S. as a whole. People are listening to us on radio stations all over the state of New Mexico. And if they are saying, hey, you know, these guys are right. I want to find out more about this or I want to get involved with Steve Pierce and the Republican Party of New Mexico. How would they do that? Yeah. GOP New Mexico is our Web page. If you want to follow us on social media, just uh, track down the Republican Party of New Mexico. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We also make these and other programs available on different podcasts. You've got Spotify, you've got Apple apps, Google apps, and all of those will help you to download this program Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce. Just search for it when you get the app on your phone. We'll send you the update every week when we put out new information. Steve, thank you, and we look forward to seeing you and visiting with our listeners again next week on Inside New Mexico. Inside New Mexico.